This spoiler-filled podcast is recorded live, unscripted, and intended for those over 18. Now prepare your ears for the audio stimulation they've been waiting for all day as we step into the spoiler room. And here we are, another spoiler room, a Monday night. This past weekend, a horror film, an indie horror film, made the jump from the festival scene to the big screen, and it was called It Follows. And tonight in the spoiler room crew, I have a group of individuals who have joined me to talk about this uh, interesting twist of events for this little indie horror film. We have tonight in here first, Mr. Cole Meredith. Hello, sir. Hello, Mark. Thanks for having me, man. Glad you can make it here. Uh, even with you being under the weather, we appreciate you being in the room. And, of course, we have Mr. Gonzarific himself, the lovely Andrew Shearer. Man, thanks for letting me be lovely on Monday night, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> you bet, Andrew. And last, but definitely not least, he is here once again, Mr. Scott Davis. Hello, sir. Hello, I'm freshly showered and ready to go. Let's go. Awesome. <laughs> oh, we didn't catch you while you're soapy. Oh, well. Uh, well, I'm, I'm always freshly showered. I'm a very clean person. I'm kind of like the granddad in uh, Hard Day's Night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of hard and a uh, night, uh, we're talking It Follows, the story of a woman named, well, a girl, college girl, I guess, never really established. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute, uh, named Jay, who's enamored, who really likes this guy, and they end up getting busy in the back seat of his car. And the minute they're done and they're enjoying the bliss, he goes, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm cursed. You're going to have some evil force follow you to try to kill you, and then after it kills you, it's going to try to come after me. So you best go have sex with someone so it goes after that person instead of you. And she's like, what? And sure enough, there's an evil force coming, and so she spends the rest of the film on the run trying to figure out how she can shed this evil force and trying multiple different ways for it to come to a very drastic, climactic ending. Uh, uh, you know, if, you know if the if the trailers were like it were with your like approach, your summation of that, I think there would have been a needle scratch somewhere in the ta- in the trailer. <laughs> and and now you're cursed and gonna have to have sex. <laughs> what? <laughs> so it like, follows, gentlemen. There's there's many things going on with this film. And it, it's very, it's very divided because uh, I, I'm gonna, I want to start first by just saying that it surprises me that this film actually got wide release. In all honesty, because even for for you know a indie film going modern, uh, this one is definitely all all indie. <laughs> Wouldn't you say, Andrew, uh, that this film is, is, unlike some other indie releases that have some maybe mass market appeal, this one really is all indie. Yeah, I think my what I put on Twitter after I saw it was, this movie's so good, I can't believe it's in a multiplex. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just, it just surprised me. Scott, did it surprise you uh, that a film like this actually jumped the festival scene and got to widescreen release rather than, say, a direct-to-video distribution? Well, you know, it's hard to say these days because it's hard to tell what that's going to happen with, but I but I get what you're saying. Yeah, definitely it had... Oh, man, it had a very indie feel, and, and um, there were not, unfortunately, a lot of people in the theater where I saw it, um, which was at the local mall, as, you know, Andrew said, you know, what other chances... 
Uh, and uh, but you know, when I saw it, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, woo, yeah, okay, this is really arty. It's very, it's okay, it takes a slow pace. It's lots of tracking shots, lots of shots of you know close-up shots of like nature and everything. Like <laughs> for instance, there's that whole it, lots of people just talking about things from their childhood and everything like that. Like okay, yeah, that's it's definitely not. Uh, your slam bang uh, look for the money shot to put in the trailer uh, horror film. I will say that definitely. Yeah. What about you, Cole? Uh, surprise you that it made it to the theater? Yeah. I mean, it does. Uh, the content itself. I, I think there's a lot of good arty horror movies out there right now. Um, in Fear comes to mind. Mm-hmm. If if anybody out there uh, has not seen In Fear, uh, I highly recommend it as a teen horror movie that pushes the boundaries. But in terms of wide release, I, I think, yeah, it's, it's surprising. Um, then again, I, w- I was surprised that your next got that kind of release, too. Well, um, which... I- you know that, that came. That, those these two movies, I, I don't think they're alike. Yeah. But I, I do think they have a, a very similar. I don't want to say mentality either, but I just thought of the two movies together, mm-hmm. uh, especially tonight before I came on onto the show. I, I was, I just just thinking about them together. I and I I think this is probably the more unique of the two movies, um, but also. Maybe the the more gimmicky of the two, although I will say it's definitely a unique film. Uh, Artie in the best way. I mean, not Artie like uh, Wolf Creek Artie, but Artie like uh, this is what I'm I'm kind of getting pissed off about all the Nightmare on Elm Street references. But and it's not just uh, Andrew. I don't want (laughs) to. Andrew, I'm. This is this is what reviewers bring up, and some people even mentioning The Shining, which well, see. Blows, blows me away. I I can't see that, but I will say this is it does remind me of the first Nightmare on Elm Street in terms of being arty, in terms of really having significant cinematography that stays with you the way art house films stay with you. Um, yeah, the answer is yeah, definitely. Well, well, for me, you know, a lot of people have said that. For me, it had more of a vibe, a Halloween vibe. Yes. Rather than Nightmare on Elm Street or the others, the Halloween vibe, because you had the sparse soundtrack. You had uh, those tracking shots. One in particular that got me, because what stood out for me right away before anything else, was the cinematography for this horror film. Regardless of whether or not you really like the content or whatnot, yeah. you got to admit, visually, what they do with the camera in that is stuff you do not see in wide-release Hollywood horror films. Absolutely. I mean, I mean your next, I kind of see how that could have got wide-release because it has more of the modern, more of a slasher feel, the home gotcha. invasion type of thing. Yeah. Whereas this... Uh, I rank this up there. I don't know if any of you have seen Pieces of Talent. Yeah, I've not. seen that. I, I, I've been meaning to watch it. I have not. I would it. I would say this is a little bit long that veins as far as its pacing and, and how things are unveiled, the, the slower pace to it, which, again, is one of the things that surprised me. I'm not, I, you know, I, I didn't want to sound like a douche, but... Uh, and let me know if you guys agree, but 
all of us here have watched many indie horror films, the lower-budget festival type of indie horror films. We've been watching this type of film for a while. <laughs> you know, so when I went to see It Follows, a lot of people were just, you know, a lot of people were praising it. Some people were hating it. But I'm watching it going, yeah, this is good. But I've also seen Abstentia. I've also seen, you know, <laughs> you know, Found, you know, pieces of talent. I'm like, there's indie films that didn't get to widescreen release that did it better than It Follows. But I'm not slamming It Follows saying it did it badly. I'm just saying there's even better indie films out there. Uh, in fact, we have indie films uh, made by a fellow f crew member in this room that have approached material like this, I think, better uh, than uh, you know what It Follows did. But pr props to It Follows for getting the wide release. You know, for someone taking a chance and saying, yeah, we could get this on a thousand screens. Uh, so, uh, so anybody else get the whole STD vibe? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. definitely. <laughs> Would you say, Scott? I mean, uh, yeah, that's the first thing. And, uh, and, and then I did, you know, and I immediately got it and I did some reading where the director, um, Ooh, let's see. Let me just double check. Cause... That's uh, David Robert Mitchell. I Thank think he you, claimed David. that he wasn't going for that. But... Well, David Robert Mitchell has been very, uh, just like the movie, is very, very, very ambiguous in at virtually every scene. Uh, all except for like the two or three really big action-y type horror scenes. The whole movie is very ambiguous, and he's been saying, and he's been having very ambiguous. They've had people calling him about the ending, people calling him about, you know, okay, what about the uh, STD symbolism? He says, well, mate, he's been doing that whole, well, if people want to do that, then great, or I don't know if I was really intending it, but, you know, hey, whatever you want. He's been doing, kind of playing that whole fence thing. I mm -hmm. did the same thing on, like, an old student film I did. You know, I was like, how do you think it ended? And, uh, but, uh, <laughs> it's like, and everybody would, like, leave saying, like, God damn it, just tell me! <laughs> um, but, um, the, uh, but, yeah, he, I got that right away. I mean, the yeah. whole thing is sexually, it's a sexually transmitted um, curse, curse, <laughs> and the curse is basically a, and the curse is basically a virus, and you can pass it on to other people. It's sexually transmitted. We don't know of any other way that it could be uh, transmitted, mm -hmm. if possible. Um, it's and honestly, I kind of got the whole thing that it was uh, obviously kind. It it has that. There's a lot of and you know if you notice she like feel you feel that very she feels very melancholy someone would say very she looks very unhealthy immediately afterwards mm -hmm. and everything and also I also got the feeling that you know it's a sexually based because there's a sequence you know the the, the first the first person you know because this this virus it can take the form of anybody mm -hmm. and it can take the form of people that you know or people you don't know but the first time she sees it is in the form of this person, and I don't know if this was somebody that uh, the guy had uh, encountered. Before. See, and I took, I, I, took, I took it as the form of the, what the guy had encountered. That's well, why it if, was that's, a the naked that had, woman, if that, that's the case, he has a lot to answer for because it looked as though that woman had actually suffered forms of sexual violence. Yes. You know, she had, mm -hmm. she had teeth missing. Her... You know, she was bleeding from the crotch. She was mm -hmm. bleeding and urinating from the crotch. I mean, that's not 
I mean, I don't know how you guys swing, but that is not normal sex. That is, that is, that is a sign that someone has gone through something really horrible. And um, God knows I like my toothless, pissing women. Oh yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd call that violence. You, you know, yeah, they, well, they, 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 they go, they go different ways in Wisconsin. I don't judge. Yeah, you know. So, the, um, <laughs> okay, Mister Florida. <laughs> Hey, I used to, be, I used to, be, I used to be live in Minnesota. Yeah, I know, I know, I don't know, I know what you're saying uh, uh, with that. But another thing, though, and and I want to get Andrew's thoughts on this because uh, <coughs> was the idea of I don't want to say uh, uh, slut shaming, but the idea that your sexual history follows you wherever you go. Mm. And that was almost as prevalent as the STD metaphor, wouldn't you say, Andrew? Or, or am I off? Uh, no, dude. That's. I mean, that's that's. Uh, that was a, one of the th- pretty evident things uh, that happened in the story. I mean, to me, mostly, I was just taking it as sort of a, you know, like a teenage story. Because I happened to be a fan mm-hmm. of the guy's first movie, uh, Mer- American Sleepover. Right. And it was neat because they're they're really similar in the way that they're just kind of the characters are just kind of floating through. Uh, kind of, you know, f- awkward and figuring things out as they happen, the way that it feels to be that age, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I, w- you know, I was just like, well, I mean, it's it's definitely not a. Uh, you remember that movie Cherry Falls several years ago, where it was yeah. Yeah. spin yeah. was, um, you know, oh, because in horror movies the kids have sex and they die. Well, in this movie, you have to. They all have an orgy because the killer's killing virgins, right? right. So they all get together yep. in this house and screw. So I was like, you know, that was what I thought. I was like, well, you know, that's cool that uh, having sex is the only way um, to get it to go away. And, you mm-hmm. know, given that sex is something now we're far more afraid of than violence, um, that, yeah. I, that was a real smart decision. One of the many things that the movie did right. So I, I, that was kind of the, my – it was more of just like an overall view of the, of the piece mm-hmm. rather than just honing in on a certain theme. I just felt like the overarching theme was just sort of uh, – you know, helplessness. This, one of the reasons I compared it to Elm Street was just uh, not just for the fact that the director based the story on actual nightmares that he had, but mm-hmm. it was like, um, you know, the idea of the, the kids kind of like not having the help of the adults, nowhere to be found in American Sleepover, the grown-ups have never seen either. See, and, and that's what I that was one of the questions I had was where the hell are the parents in this she, movie? Well they're one, ineffective. What would they do? They, well I know they I know, she, I know well, at one point she, at one point she at one point when the whole thing starts, she just says, You can't tell mom, she just freak. Yeah. It's like it's yeah. like if if they aren't ineffective, it's an assumption that they would be in like for instance, uh, it's an assumption that they would be ineffective. Like I think the other guy, at, the guy that they get help from at one point says, you know, is your, isn't your mom going to be worried about you? Oh, she's not going to notice. I mean, yeah. well, well, you think about like these Nancy's are all with the alcoholic, remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, Nancy's mom was an alcoholic. Um, yeah. All the well, all the Elm, Elm Street parents were had walls against like even greater walls against their children because of what they had done basically. Right. Yeah, this and, is worse, uh, you know. They're just not they're just out to lunch and there's no, you know, they have no even awareness of anything. It's not It's a, it's a it. thought it's a thought, you know, and maybe well it's a thought that we actually don't know though how yeah. ineffective they would be if at all. It's the, but that's the that's the concept of teenagers where, you know, I mean most teen when people then you're when you're that age 
oh, my parents, no, they just don't understand anything. You know? yeah, yeah. And they pro- honestly, they probably wouldn't. I can't imagine what they would do to help. <laughs> honestly, I can't imagine what they would do to help. But it was also a very convenient device to say, just don't tell them. And it was a very convenient way to get the adults out of the story. Yeah, because who cares? I didn't want to see any grown-up character in this yeah, movie. The char- yeah, the character, the director just wanted to get them out of the way. You could tell that, and this is a good way to do it. Well, know, he so. and he also left actually the age of the kids ambiguous, which I guess bugged me a little, not a lot, but it, you know, well, they're living she, at home. Well, they're living at home, but the one, our Jay, our main girl, almost. Felt like she was in community college. I would, yeah, I would say she was. I'd say she college. was maybe nineteen, eighteen, or nineteen. Yeah, and the be, other one's yeah. younger. Because the way she was talking with the Paul character was, they're talking about back in school. So I'm like, okay, so these two Went out, to high school together, out of high probably. school, right? They're at least out of high school, and then her siblings were still in high school. But still, it's one of those things where I found it interesting because a lot of films establish it, like the school they're in, you will see that establishing shot, uh, shot of the school sign. You, yeah. you know? But see, that's why I love the movie, man, because it, like, it doesn't give a fuck about all the things that most horror movies do. You know, I don't, mm-hmm. like, I, I've talked on here before, like, I don't like explanations. They're boring. You know, I don't right. like a lot of backstory. I don't like a lot of mythology I have to remember and set up. I don't even care about consistency. I just, you know, I like, I like, I want to, I want the movie to be, uh, I want to remember it after. I want to keep thinking about it after. Yeah, actually, uh, you bring up a good point with the not uh, finishing. Cole, did you notice, uh, and and what did you think of his technique for some of those scenes where we didn't actually see the end result of a decision? Like when she was on the beach by herself and she saw the three young men out in the boat. Oh, yeah. I I mean... I, I stylistically, I I dug all that stuff. I did. Yeah, I yeah. really did. I enjoyed all that. So, I mean, all of it. I enjoyed, well, in particular, the cinematography and and mm-hmm. uh, the way it cohered with the editing. Which mm-hmm. it's hard to tell who does what. I'd like to think it, it's this director, David David Robert Mitchell. I'd like to think he's working closely with with everybody in the crew. Right. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I, I I love all that. So stylistically, this mm-hmm. this is an important movie. I mean, if you like horror movies beyond, you know, gore or you know the, the obvious reasons, this is one to see. You know, I, I recommend it. Uh, uh, his decision, the pacing, I enjoyed too. You know, mm-hmm. I enjoyed. There's so much about this movie that I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. I don't know, man. I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, I'll just to answer your question, <laughs> sure. yeah, stylistically. <laughs> I mean, no, to go to your previous question, the lack of parents is bullshit. Yeah, you guys yeah. are talking about Elm Street. Man, Elm Street has several scenes with the parents. Elm yeah. Street does not shy away from any conflict or interaction. And I'm not trying to be cocky. I'm setting up for Elm Street because it's one of the best films I've ever seen, man. Those parents are complex. The scene where Tina's mother, right away, right after the first nightmare scene, Tina's mother comes in, and you can tell she cares. Mm -hmm. But right behind that is a stepfather who's sleazy. When are you coming back to bed? And right away you get multiple levels of why why Tina's sexuality is 
the way it is. I mean, there's right. nothing even remotely that complex in this film. This film is a one-trick pony, and it's effective. But uh, stylistically, that's where its strengths are. I, you know, right. I, it's, I would like to see this director with a script like fucking Elm Street. And I'm talking about the script. If you guys haven't read Wes Craven's script. It's I really have. Ridiculous. I have. It's, it's brilliant. Great. It's got, and it's, it's, got, and it's got, got a couple bombshells that really are, did not make the final cut of the film. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. so that made me look at the movie in a whole new way. Well, it's like, oh, my gosh. It's the style of this film that made me surprised that it made it to the big screen because yeah. because yeah. it doesn't it it's not your modern mass produced horror film as Andrew said it doesn't spell everything out for you she's on the beach after running away from it again she's staring at the three guys you know what she's contemplating but you're never quite sure if she actually went through with it or not she starts to and then we cut away and then there's a few other moments as well where there's a decision or something that's supposed to happen or something that's supposed to you know a decision be made but we never quite see the result we just see them the next day uh you know you know basically and so you have to kind of piece it together for yourself and that's amazing not a bad stuff amazing that, stuff and that's not a bad thing no I, Oh, I well, think... it is a bad thing if you're like a horror fan who's got like this real specific list of everything that you want a movie to be, or you're in there expecting it to be the second coming because of all the hype, and there's yeah. no way when the bar is set that high that you're talking about an audience that's, you know, for a large part impossible to please. And so the best thing for a filmmaker to do in the horror genre is to not pander to them like at all. And this guy's a huge horror fan. Like you can tell from that the Halloween influence on it, like you mentioned. I mean that stuff is really, really obvious in there. But yet he doesn't do like a Rob Zombie with it. You know what no. I mean? They are tra- a lot of this, the the hype is going to be a disservice to this movie though because there's yes. I mean every other but that's magazine- what got it into the theaters that's yeah. why yeah, I, I know, was able to I see know, it. it it's got I know it's it's like a blessing and a curse though I mean it's got it's got it's it's it, it, that's how it's getting naturally I mean naturally otherwise it's going to just disappear and maybe like a few diehard fans of the genre will discover it and say like hey this thing that came out on DVD and not and streaming is pretty good but, yeah I just imagine like back in the day. But this like, one, uh, but this one, every like you know, Rue Morgue and Fangori and everything else is saying like, oh my gosh, the best new horror film of the year, blah 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 blah, and um, not su- surprised to hear that it's pissing some people off because I think that is something it's never going to, you know, it's it's not that type of movie. Yeah, you know? and and people can't get over themselves and really admit that something's really good anymore. That's yeah. part of the problem. Yeah. You know, it's like it's you think about like like you're just the average person that's hearing about this movie Easy Rider back in the like sixties, early seventies, like, mm-hmm. Well, it's so great, let me go see it. It's nothing fucking like any movie that most people were seeing. <laughs> but yeah, the young but Easy the Rider, young people though. were like, Fuck yeah, this is nothing like it and that's why it's great. It just has to be take enough risks to be really different and to not to not be concerned with alienating cuz like who's going to save horror Adam Green with his found footage movie or Ty West with his found footage movie it's you know it's got to be someone that is actually a filmmaker you know well well for me I'm just hoping this might open the door at least to people's ideas of those who enjoy the film to looking and exploring and finding other indie horror that up until now has lived 
in obscurity. Like I said, even out of the indie horror, the previous indie horror we've had, like we mentioned before, um, you know, you're next in that that have made a festival jump to the big wide release. Those kind of had those modern horror elements at least somewhat in here. This hit the big screen, and this weekend a whole shitload of teenagers tweeted the hell out of it going, oh, my God, this movie sucks because... And it's not their fault, okay? And I, I'm not saying I'm not saying anybody's better than anyone else as far as taste for horror. What I'm saying though is you have a whole generation that has grown up on the paranormal activity jump scare film where that you know, that is a norm for them. That's what they expect. The jump scare that, that that's the only method that you know, horror films have used that they feel effectively when there's many other ways you can do a horror film. And this one does the, those many other ways. But well, no plus one, they're on Twitter while they're watching the movie. Anyway, well, yeah. So really fucking <laughs> see it. Yeah, you're right. Now, you know, uh, but for me, it's like especially that all the technical aspects are what really stood out for me. And, you know, then we have a very young cast of not necessarily complete unknowns, but not exactly known either, which is what you kind of want for a horror film like this, because then you're not focused on, oh my God, it's this person. Now, uh, um, uh, Micah Monroe, who played Jay, the main character, she was just seen in The Guest, which got a huge amount of uh, buzz. It it only went to video on demand and and DVD distribution. It never got wide release, but The Guest, apparently, I haven't seen it yet, is supposed to be really good. I've heard um, good things. I have not seen. It. I just, I'm man. I every this it follows is the first hyped movie that I think that I really liked because every yeah. year it's something. <laughs> it was the guest last year, and it was your next one year, and it was like, uh, um, uh, what was Cabin in the Woods one year? Every every year was like, this is the movie that's changing everything, and this is the return to what we need. And I watch it and go, well, but. I, it doesn't have what I need. It doesn't have what I want. I was starting to think maybe I'm just not a horror fan. Anymore. Maybe I gotta give my card in and go. You know, no, you know I dude? know exactly. Oh. You know, maybe it's maybe I'm past. I'm not the guy they're making these for anymore, and that's fine. That's fine. I got a shitload of old good movies. Don't worry about me. I'm good. You know, I don't have to see what everyone else clearly is seeing in these things. But you know, there's always one or two things where I was like, huh. Why'd you do that? You know what I'm saying? Like, why? Why with the CGI? Or why? Why'd you put the whole story in the first ten minutes and just, you know, jack off with your dialogue for the rest of the movie and do <laughs> gore here and there? Why did you do that? You know, or like, hey, remember this? This is from Halloween three. Yeah, I remember. Fucker. <laughs> so to me, the it follows was like it did all the things. I don't know, man. I feel like when I go to a horror movie now, it's like I know more of what I don't want than what I do. So there's mm-hmm. like a huge, um, there's a lot of room to surprise me. And I was just like, I don't want to see any CGI. I know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't want the, I don't want there to be a big, big uh, explanation for everything that happened. I don't want that. Uh, I don't want a lot of flashy editing. It just, it, you know, it was like, uh, remember Under the Skin not too long ago? Really yep, cool movie. Yep. Mm-hmm. Made me think about the way that one is, but I could feel people, you know, in the theater getting twitchy. Like, why aren't things happening quickly? <laughs> Why did that just happen? Well, Why don't they tell me? Like, I, I, you know, I, it's not Scooby Doo's fault for setting up that whole, <laughs> you know, structure. Yeah, but not but, everything's got to follow it. Thank fuck, you know. Well, it, it follows too with it. Uh, the actual, let's see, 
I, I watched it because I, I didn't get it. I watched it actually a screener uh, uh, for We Live Film. Uh, we managed to get a screener, so I watched it at, at home rather than at the theater because the, the nearest theater was like an hour and a half away or hour away where it was showing. And I'm like, yeah. And uh, so we were able to watch the screener, but I, I paid attention to the time. The first actual what you could consider real action sequence, like something major happened that you've seen in other horror films, is an hour into the film. I love it. I love it. And, and so I'm not good. saying that is a bad thing. I'm just saying it surprised me while I'm watching this film going, I can't believe this got to wide release because yeah. I'm like, you're going to have a, a lot of people in the audience checking their watch. Now, I will say I did at a It's a good part scenes, of the year to put out a risky movie then. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Now, I will say there were a few times where I did sigh a bit, and I said this in my review of it, um, I think it could have possibly been trimmed a bit. For me, it, it felt a little long in the tooth, only because I'm like, ooh, I, I get the idea. I, I get what you're going for. I get the concept. And then it got just a little, little repetitive and long for me in a few of the scenes. I think if they were to trim down, I would have enjoyed them more. Uh, but that's just me. Uh, you know, it, it just felt a little long because I got what they were going for, and I'm like, yeah, okay, let's 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 you know move on a little different. But dude, uh, before we stop, you guys like yeah. have to remind me to read what I do with my friend Henrik, uh, director of Babysitter Massacre and several other fine films you can find on Amazon.com. Uh, he and I were texting back and forth, and I was telling him all the endings because he he was like, I think the ending was a little weak, and so I sent him like three different endings, and I want to make sure I read those to you guys. I just now thought about that. Sorry, don't, uh, don't let me forget. And, okay, you know, we, we, we won't forget we'll endings be, to it follows. No, yeah, we'll get we'll get to the ending in a minute because uh, that that is a major component for this film. Uh, but did anyone else feel that it maybe got just? A little repetitive and a little long in some of the scenes. Oh, just a freaking smidge. Uh, okay, <laughs> guys, I can't hold back anymore, okay? Because <laughs> I'm listening and I'm taking it all in, okay? Oh, okay. This, um, I've... All right, let me just say this, that I am already, if anybody, other, other filmmakers in the audience, anybody wants to help bankroll the porn parody to this movie, I am totally ready to go with it. I think that it writes itself, and I even have I even have the name for it because the oh, name no. for the porn oh, parody no. is also my review of this movie. Oh boy! It swallows. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm sorry, guys. I'm I'm just and I wanted one of the reasons I wanted to be here is I wanted to take in you know what other people are seeing in this movie. And you know this movie does a lot of things right. I agree. The cinema, like uh, I think Cole mentioned, the cinematography. Yeah, man. Absolutely right. Uh, by the way, I even looked it up. His na name is, uh, if I did not butcher it, Mike Julakis. Yes. Yes. Mike Julakis. We should just mention his name. I feel Mike like Julakis. I feel like cinematographers don't get enough. Movie. Yeah, well, cinematographers don't get enough credit, in my opinion, anyway. So sure. yeah, let it, let that out there. He does a great job. I think. Yeah. It's, He's done tons of shorts. It's only his second feature. He did a fantastic job. I liked the way the film was shot. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, man. One thing I really liked that I 
didn't don't get from most horror films is I liked the characters a lot. The characters felt like real people, and they weren't unlikable. They were I could relate to them. They're okay, even though I'm not you know a young kid anymore. I could relate to them. I got it. Okay, great. I'm still trying to figure out why I did not like this movie at all. <laughs> it, but honestly, yeah, part of it is definitely. And, you know, it, it, unfortunately, our, our cohort, Derek Carey, was not able to be here tonight. I know he didn't care for the movie. I haven't heard exactly why, but I know he didn't care for the movie. Uh, he's, a, he's a great editor and stuff. Uh, and I think, Mark, Mark, you, you, you do editing as well, correct? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> I've okay. edited every single movie that I've made. There you I've go. made almost 100. And I looked at this, and this is like a 100-minute movie. I mean, this thing should have been 85 minutes max. <laughs> It was. I, I'm sorry, guys. The pace. I, mean, I have no problem with slow pace, but mm-hmm. I was really bored to tears in this movie. I was just like constantly thinking, like, "Oh my god, this thing is. It's so dull. It's so dull." <laughs> and the and there really wasn't a lot going on. Is the thing is that it's a very, you know, and I think there's a place in horror films for very simple concepts, but. This was a very simple concept that they almost tried to inflate into something bigger than it was, which is it follows. That's basically the plot. It follows. It's it's like, yeah, there's going to be something, and guess what? It's going to follow you, and eventually it's going to catch you. And then, eh! While it it was my complaint, the the defense that I could see, and and I know Andrew really enjoyed this film, and he he can either uh, possibly uh, say that I'm uh, uh, right or just so full of shit. But I think the director, I, I think he could justify the longer length of scenes and the longer times between things actually happening, is he wanted to convey the waiting and the anxiousness and the thing that your main character, Jay, was feeling, waiting for this thing to, waiting for something to happen. So you could say that the director was going for trying to get the audience to feel what she was feeling, which is, I'm I'm waiting and nothing's happening. But were they I, feeling were, were they feeling boredom? <laughs> <laughs> because that no, was I, the I, problem. Is I, I was feeling is that you know I think that that's great, but that means that you have to kind of keep a, a a level of tension going, and I don't feel like it was keeping the level of t- at least not for me. I obviously right. there's lots of people who disagree with me, right? Uh, because you know this is getting mixed reviews. People, some people are loving it, and some people not so much. Um, it did not keep that level of tension for me, and I felt like a lot of the ambiguity, some of the ambiguity was well-placed, and some of it was placed as if they didn't really know what was Mm -hmm. going on. And it really wasn't, I mean, yeah, it was based on nightmares, but, you know, if you just see something following you all the time, that's a a very basic nightmare. (laughs) You know, that's a very... It 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 just seemed to go on way too long. I liked the symbolism. I liked the way it was shot. I liked the characters. So I was trying to say, like, God, why don't I like this movie? And when it came down to it, I had to realize, well, because it's a horror film, and you never once felt I never once felt scared. Mm-hmm. I never once felt a level of suspense. Um, I never once felt that 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 moment. I'm gl- you know, and so. It's not. It, it's it's that the film mm-hmm. didn't work. It's that it, sure. it it made an attempt, and it did a lot of things right. But at its core value, the the film should, you know, create suspense and scares, and you know, really have you 
going along for the whole ride, and for me, it just didn't. I, <laughs> and, I, I wanted to bolt out of that theater so fast <laughs> as soon as the credits came up, honestly. And, and I, can, I can see your point with that. Like I said, I felt it a little long, not quite as adamant as you were about it, but I, I did feel it a little bit long in there. But uh, Andrew or Cole, do you think maybe that was the director was trying to go for, though, was trying to convey that same feeling that she was having to the audience and, and, and kind of place them in that anticipation of waiting for nothing uh, to happen yet, you know, and then finally something does happen. It's like, holy shit, Uh, you know, was he, do you think he was going for that? And that's maybe why we had periods of not much happening. Go for it, Cole. Oh yeah. I would say absolutely. Thanks, Andrew. I appreciate (laughs) it. No, I I would say absolutely. I actually, that's the one thing. I mean, not the one thing. I'm sorry, let me clarify. I like this film. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I was forced to, you know, I, I don't know why I think of your next while I, when I think of this film. <laughs> it may be the Dayquil. Um, <laughs> I really, it's, a, it's, a pow- it's a powerful um, It's a powerful inspiration. I know that. I'm using this film. No, I, I, I just, I think, yeah, the, the editing and the whole, stylistically, that's what interested me. Unlike, unlike uh, 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 Scott, I, I think I'm actually in Scott's favor on his whole viewpoint of this movie, but to me it was the story that was, I, I don't want to say, like, repugnant, and I don't want to say too simplistic, because I'm sitting here recommending In Fear as an alternative for a good age <laughs> horror movie, and that movie has no plot. It's entirely oh, yeah. between... no, yeah, There's nothing wrong with simplicity in a horror film. Yeah, exactly. Halloween, Halloween is simplistic, you know? Exactly. exactly. Thank you, Scott. But right. I, I, I just... Yeah, man, I, I like that, and I think all the pacing was deliberate. Like I said earlier, I'd, I'd like to think it's the director and the editor and the cinematographer. Probably wasn't this way, but in my world, that's how I work, is, you know, the three of you get together, and you and you just don't stop until the thing is perfect. And I have that feeling from this, but I also have this feeling of uh, – the there's a gimmick there, and and the gimmick is STD, and it's uh, I don't know. Does that belong in entertainment? It may belong in a movie about called Kids. Or contracted I, I was a pretty know. good STD. Or contra- yeah, or contracted too. Yeah. I just I don't know if it's entertainment. I I don't know. I wasn't entertained, I guess, and mm-hmm. I would see this director any other. If this director did anything else, I'd be the first in line. It's not like I'm. You, should, you would. You might like American Sleepover then if yeah. you have kids. I've never it, seen it. Is that? Yeah, I, I, I was. I, I'll be honest with you. I was unfamiliar that he had done that movie uh, until it's you cool had mentioned movie, it. And they were is, it, it is, is it kind of? Is it kind of more like a, a teen drama or is it a comedy or? It's no. It's. I mean, it's a. It's like a night in the life, kind of like a more arty, days and confused, uh, a little bit like freaks and geeks, maybe. You know, okay. it's, it's. I thought it was great. I mean, I. I went into it being a fan of that, and then being excited by the idea of him inserting horror into that and hoping it didn't intrude too much on his style. Well, like and, I uh, said, I thought like I said I thought that he wrote the characters very well. The let's face it, we all love all all of us that are sit, seated here right now and probably a lot of the people that are listening to the show right now, thank you very much. Uh word are are fans of horror films. Mm-hmm. But we can probably all also uh, agree that most horror films fail 
in how they write their characters, which is usually not very well. You yeah. know? <laughs> they're they're, they're usually based on the premise and what they're, they're, this they think one wrote the, This one wrote the characters really well, and that's why I was so obs- – this is why I was – I couldn't just be like, oh, well, it didn't work out. I was like, why didn't it work out? I was so mad because it was because I liked what they had done. So I, I liked that they did something that most horror films don't do, but – then it, I didn't think that they fulfilled their obligation as a horror film, and it was really frustrating as to me, well, personally. You, you that's probably why I liked it a lot, because it didn't do anything that the horror movies really do that I've seen lately, and I'm like, well, that's awesome. I want this I want this movie... I, I don't go to horror looking to get scared. I honestly want everybody to get the fuck out so I can watch it by myself. And I'm like, <laughs> this movie, if it sends horror fans running down the aisles because they can't stand it, you know, I'm like, awesome. That's great. That's yeah. what takes but to that, scare them. But that's not. But that's away, not. But that's not. But that. But the. But then I'm not. I'm not saying that you have to like ch- go through like a checklist. You know. Okay, jump scare here. But there's, do the but thing, there's things we kind of expect if we're looking yeah, to get entertained or I, certain, certain I things. Want, I want. I want something have. to do. To do something new and different. And you know, it's getting less and less. You know, likely, especially you know, uh, some of us on this, like myself, I can certainly say we're kind of entering middle age and everything like that, and. Let's face it, we don't get nearly as passionate about the each new thing that happens like we would say like 20 years ago. You know, like I mean 20 years ago you heard it files this is the next new thing. Really? Let's go. Boom. Paranormal activity next new thing. Really? Let's go. Boom. You know, and, uh, but you know. But thank goodness people paid to see it and that's part yes. of why, you know, it's it's encouraging for the next like independent to go. Right. You know? A few right. people are paying to see it now and I've heard um it, it written both ways, you know. People, like for instance, like I think the Deadline report said that it follows bombed because it's only. What? They said it bombed because they said it bombed because it made less than five million dollars. Like yeah, but it had a super low budget and it wasn't supposed to go to theaters at all. So it's in the top think, five, that's not a bomb. So no, I not think the new yeah, Will Ferrell yeah, exactly. Well, I'm, I, exactly. I'm saying that I'm saying they're wrong. Yeah, I mean because I'm saying like compared to what they thought they were going to get from a few streaming things. Yeah, it's doing it's doing better than what they expected. And it's a so. better movie than the interview. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, one you mentioned you mentioned characters, uh, Scott, and th- let me know, especially the filmmaker guys, if this makes sense. I hope this does, because again, I, I put this in when I talked did a review on it too. Is everybody's performance of their characters was really well done? Okay, every I loved it. Just like Scott said, they felt real. The chemistry between the characters. I didn't feel it at all. Hmm. If that if that makes sense, everybody played their role well. The feelings between one another, though, I didn't. Well, to me, it was awkward, and I, that that uh, added to the realism because. Of, and, you know, and maybe yeah, maybe that's because that maybe that's what got me is because it, it they were that was the realism because the one know, girl that I, farts, man, that was the best. <laughs> yes, the party girl. No, but just between you know how there you can tell there's a chemistry once in a while and they play off each other. Here it felt like everybody was doing their own role, and maybe it was going for that real realistic you know, your own person type of thing. But I just didn't feel like any connection between uh, the sisters, her siblings at all, really. 
and her and I know that wasn't like the main focus of it, but still, it was just like. Well, I think disconnect is a theme in the movie too. Yeah. Know? I I'm, kind of got. I've kind of got that domestic malaise. You know, when yeah. you do, when you're not out with friends, you're not out with. You're just kind of hanging out of the porch, doing you know whatever, watching a movie, watching. You know they watched Killers from Space on TV. I was I liked the loved that movie, um, <laughs> you know and stuff like that. You know, uh, you know, yeah. It was. I mean, I kind of got kind of that just that that you know those lazy that lazy days kind of feeling. You know, mm-hmm. I, I guess for me that that was just a little off putting. I don't know why either, but it, it just it it stood out for me as. Wow, they're performing their their character really well, but as a group, I'm just not, you know, I, I at any moment, any one of these people could just say bye. <laughs> you know, I didn't get any feeling of of closeness at all. Even the even the the sisters as they were trying to protect her, uh, you know, I just didn't really feel. I like that. that the one kid was such a bad shot; he accidentally shot shot her. But he but he it wasn't a big scene where she's in the chest and she dies. It's just like yeah. Nick, but it sucks. You know, very. I just like I felt it felt very lived in and real to me. It went along with the cinematography and the music. Yeah, but I mean, I guess for uh, I did like the music. I, I I always I'm always a fan of keyboard scores, and so I liked that music. So, so I guess for me, the the two realistic characters, if that sounds bad, I, I'm sorry, folks. I, I guess for me, it just it, it took me a little bit away from it that I didn't feel that that any connection uh, that they had with anybody else in there, and uh, you know, in their relationships, and I guess that that took me aback a little bit or took me out of it. Oh, I, I I got the I got the I got I kind of got that whole suburban feel of it, like like you know, uh, if you you know, especially finding out that they do live in the suburbs right outside the city limits. You know, I kind of mm-hmm. like you know, you think of you know, if, if you're a, if you're a nerd like me, you start thinking of that Rush song subdivisions. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, you're like, yeah, yeah, I get that. Well, Kate was talking about the authenticity of the surroundings because she actually is a uh, Detroit resident. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, and this is Detroit. I, I I didn't know it was Detroit until somebody said eight mile. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know that. <laughs> I realized when uh, when I saw the RoboCop statue. I don't know if anybody else caw- yep, caught. I, I saw oh, that. I yeah. that. I'm kidding. It wasn't in the. No. no. Oh, see, <laughs> don't do that. I don't know. <laughs> no, I totally saw that. I totally saw that, Andrew. Yeah, there it's was a reflection the of Doctor Detroit in the window. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> a claw hand. Oh, I should watch Doctor Detroit now. That's a Detroit movie that I would like to see again. <laughs> Dr. Detroit. <laughs> no, I didn't see the statue either, Scott. I'm just pulling your leg. Uh, but <laughs> that was awesome right there. Andrew's just, Andrew, Andrew's just our lo- our little Loki. He's our, he's our, he's our prankster god <laughs> of the spoiler room. <laughs> I got them again! You guys float right <laughs> I think they trust me. We had, we had some, some sort of authority that's paid to. Andrew, <laughs> Andrew, I think we had Cole even thinking for a minute. Wait, RoboCop stack? <laughs> uh, he's he's sick, but he's not that sick. <laughs> well, you know, most people. Never, never. Nobody ever knows when I'm kidding in real life. So it's it's, it's good. It's good that I have it turned back on me every now and then. <laughs> Speaking of them being in Detroit, so we got our group of suburbanites that head to the hood. Well, not the hood, but to the public pool. And let's let's talk about this final solution that they've come up with for for our horror 
are horror fiend where they have the swimming pool and they've taken their electronic devices. <laughs> I'll tell you, dude, <laughs> that's the one part of the movie that almost made me mad because I was like, if this thing, after all the original things that I felt it did, if it ends like in a pool like the faculty or Jennifer's body, I'm going to get really mad. It didn't. Thankfully, that wasn't the end of the movie. And no. They were just that was a it was a good idea. I'm like that's cool, you know. It, it was fitting for kids, but at the same yeah. time, because when I, it started to throw all the shit at back at him, that was great. It? And then it was like, oh, it it didn't work. I, <laughs> I was like, uh, oh, why did I use the TV? <laughs> I uh, I uh, did read something brief today, where and this was the, that same article where that director got interviewed about stuff and everything, and. He flat out says, "Oh, it was a stu- it, it was a stupid plan of the kids, you yeah, know. Yeah. I mean, because it, but it was the type of plan that dumb kids would come up with, yeah. right? And was the idea. Now, of course, there's the ending, and there's you know whether it works or not. They kind of leave it up, up uh, guys. Again, the show's called the Spoiler Room. If you have yes. any interest well, in the movie, well, well, before. <laughs> But before before but, we get to the fi- final scene, Scott, are you talking about the pool yet? I was, uh, I was just talking about the well. I was just saying that that there that there's a thought of you know whether it worked or not. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. No, go ahead. I no, I thought no, I was it. I was like, I was going to say oh. is like there's there's still it's left up in the air whether it worked or not because like I said before, the film is really purposely ambiguous. Yes. About lots of things. Yeah. What, what, what did you think of that pool scene, Cole? I mean, I guess that that is something dumb kids would come up with. Yeah, I. You know, honestly, this is weird. I actually liked that bit. Uh-huh. And I liked the idea that they had to kind of leave the suburb. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I I, I liked that bit. Um, how they kind of had to get out of their comfort zone and, um, yeah. I thought that was interesting. Uh, you know, I, I thought it was, was fine. <laughs> no, uh, I didn't have anything elaborate to say about it other than I liked it. You know? uh, oh, go ahead, to, me it was, to, to me it was cool because, like, you know, we've seen the smart, resourceful kid in horror movies that can somehow, you know, booby trap their house and the bad mm-hmm. guy or whatever. So like that. I like that they weren't self-aware, like in Scream shit. I like that they weren't suddenly, like, action heroes, you know? I like that it all stayed, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's so many things that they it were... did right. And, and to do dumb things uh, or just, like, to try things. It they just were realistic. In- yeah, very realistic. But they, but they had, but they had to do something, which I'm glad that they did in a sense, whether it worked or not, because uh, again, something else that too many other horror films have been doing lately is they mistake dread for suspense. Mm-hmm. There's like a certain inevitability of people just going to the same thing, like you know, and I think that that's actually what a lot of it follows was like. This at least get, interrupted it enough to say you have to give the people a fighting chance. Otherwise, what is the whole point of sitting this movie out if you know exactly how it's going to end and it's just a matter of when? Right. You know? Uh, right. And so I think that you – I think that movies, you have to have – you have to give them some way out. doesn't mean you have to have a happy ending. Doesn't mean it has to work, but it, but you have to give them some sort of a way out. Otherwise, 
it doesn't otherwise there's no stakes for right. in, in it for you as the viewer mm-hmm yeah and, and I agree on that uh definitely they they at least gave them something but they were bumbling they were realistically bumbling <laughs> which which was was decent like uh, you know I think Andrew said you know he accidentally shoots his friend while trying to shoot the invisible guy that was great because uh, he wouldn't suddenly be a great shot you know no, in a lot of movies no. they do that you know there's yeah, and the only way Oh, sorry. Action hero. No, there's. So, I hate how many horror movies end up being action by the end. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like stick with the. You know what I mean? And and they do. And and at the end, it, he has to be point blank ranged. Yeah. Stuff, you know, I mean, to where if he misses that shot, well, then there's just no hope for him. Yeah. Um. Uh. You know, and they give given out to where the monster is, quote unquote, dead. Uh, now, here's the thing, though. I know it came up earlier in the movie uh, that, you know, it could take the form of uh, anybody, uh, he said, uh, you know. But when they shoot the pool scene, and I saw this come up with someone else, and I wanted to bring it to you guys. Do you think when they were shooting the pool scene that they actually had a plan to where it was supposed to look like someone? Or do you think maybe... It was supposed to look more like a beast or something, and they may have changed it later on in the script. You know, cause I'm just glad it didn't no. wasn't a beast. That would have sucked no. if, you, if it would. T- you know what I'm saying? Well, like like the end of so many horror movies, you finally see what it really looks like. I would have been pissed off. Well, too. Yeah, that. No. <laughs> no, but 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 the way her dialogue is when they're asking her, "What does it look like?" She doesn't want to say. And she doesn't want to say. Well, the reason, and it turns out the reason she doesn't, against guys, spoiler room, uh, and it's the reason, of course, she doesn't want to say is she she knows that then that she's going to be asking them to shoot at something that looks like their father. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. That's because it was taking the image of you yeah. look at the pictures, which right. took the image of her father. Yeah, it might have looked like Obama, which would have been equally difficult. to... we are going to alienate some of our some of our things, but you know what? I'll bet you this thing is going to like make tons of money in Alabama. <laughs> you, 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 you got me there, Scott. You're right. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Then, yeah, it, it looked like her dad, so that's why. Yeah, because the one looked like the dude's that. mom, and then it yeah. had its titty out, and it like raped him or something that was messed up right there that was that was the the guy who who took the pity the ultimate pity the pity screw the ultimate pity screw and finally having sex with her so he gets the curse and what does the thing pose as his mom half naked that jumps him and and kills Gotta him. admit that would have been disorienting for anyone. That would have. <laughs> <laughs> Advantage hey, mom. mom. <laughs> hey mom, no, that's okay. That's man, mom, that's no okay. I don't need. I don't need need a midnight snack. Hey, what's with your titty? Oh my god! <laughs> I thought we were done with that years ago. What is this? Yeah. So, so we'll, we'll move on here to the. I told you the porn parody writes itself. Right. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll move on to the final scene to where still I'm not quite feeling the emotion between our final two characters here, uh, but that's okay. That's just me. Uh, so they're walking, and we still get the thing out of focus. Or do we? Cole, did the... It follows... Is it still following them? Oh, man. <laughs> um... You know, I just do. Do the filmmakers even know? 
I'm not. I'm not sure. I, I don't know. You know, boy. Do they, do they want to know? I feel like an asshole if I say I don't care. I don't know. <laughs> no, actually, no. I don't care. Well, I, don't care I, I, I really don't. I, I think. I, you know what? You know what it is. It, I, you know, I've got to cool off a little bit from all the references to The Shining and all these great horror movies. Before <laughs> I can look at it. But I can tell you, you know, Kubrick had a very definite ending for The Shining, regardless of how many times he refilmed it. Ditto with Wes Craven uh, for Elm Street. Um, you know, there's a definite ending. This is, uh, you know, it's very, very in your own hands, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, you know, I, I cannot wait for this guy's next movie. But before we go off the show, I just again like to throw in fear for for anybody who <laughs> like an ambiguous movie that you know maybe I don't know is is maybe a little bit something I I would I would recommend In Fear before this film and mm-hmm. I really I stand by that film because it didn't get much attention and it's a three character piece and it does deal with sexuality um, in a more interesting way I thought mm-hmm. uh, teenage sexuality. Uh, this this ending I thought was I don't, I don't want to say a cop out but I, I kind of how else would this movie have ended really right sure, it, sure. It, yeah yeah well, a non-ending <laughs> is the best way to go for for my what what I like best about the movie my overall impression of it I'm like this that, that could have been the make or break moment there were several make or break moments for me because I'm 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 admittedly picky about uh, horror movies. And uh, I was just like, don't have some hand come up. Don't have some, you know, don't do that shit. Just end it right here. Go to black. And they cut to black right when I would have as an editor. So, Yeah, I was kind of scared when she was looking over the edge of the pool. I'm like, oh, no, don't. Uh, yeah, don't, like, don't do don't that. Do. <laughs> you know what I mean? But most movies do. Most movies, most movies do. Right. And And that's the whole thing is that this film is not your normal wide-release horror film because your normal wide-release horror film would have had the hand come up one last, oh, or whatever, and they do another shot into the pool to kill it or something along that lines, and it would be dead, dead, or whatever, rather than leaving the ambiguous ending. So you like the ambiguous ending as well, Andrew? Uh, yeah, I do, but I do have a couple of alternate endings if you guys want to hear Well, let's just see. Scott, uh, did you have any uh, thought on that final ending well, scene? Well, I, I feel like that, yeah, he's going to probably try to say that, yeah, it is, that is exactly, mm-hmm. that is exactly while, um, uh, that that is that is exactly what they were trying to say is that no it's still probably following them. For me, I say nah, it's not. I'm like that they kept it up so that that I could make up my own mind and kind of go off along happily and stuff. <laughs> yeah, like that's that. kind of awesome. Because honestly, you can take it either way. It was so ambiguous. You can kind of see something blurry in the background. Right. And I think I think no, but I mean I think it also misses the point to also say the ending because. I think you know what you can get a lot of the the meaning of the movie is you know is that the kid who's got shot there and is in the hospital is that she's reading from the idiot. Yeah. She's reading yeah. from the idiot and she's talking about the certainty yes. of death. And that's the thing that always is comes up again and again and again in the idiot. I've actually got some quotes up here now. Wow. And uh you know uh I'm not going to go into all of them because they are 
freaking long. So, but... <laughs> so you're going you're going with the maybe it isn't the STD thing so much as teenagers facing their mortality. I think it can be both, but I mean, like for mm-hmm. instance, one of the quotes from the idiot that they don't that they don't say that right. I'll say is like a that I'll say is a as a as a shorter quote. Mm-hmm. That I brought up here because I because I read the book a few years ago too. I like Dostoevsky, so Word. Uh, yeah, he, he's wow, it's amazing. But I mean, like yeah. one of the one of the quotes that I just brought up, you know, on one of the little websites, so I could have something yes. is, uh, take a soldier and put him in front of a cannon in in a battle and fire it at him, and he'll go on hoping, but read out a certain death sentence to that same soldier, and he'll go mad or start to weep. Hmm. Yeah. Well, what does that say about like what these characters are going through in this movie, right? And she just happens yeah. to be reading that same story, and she reads that really, uh, that other uh, long right. uh, aside about certainty, which was totally the inappropriate thing to read at that. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Whoa! Way to bring down the room, sis. Uh, but uh, you know, I think it's. I think the idea is the certainty. Mm-hmm. Of it, because actually, if you go, because if you go on a long, a long enough, you know, timeline, none of us are getting out of this alive, guys. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. And yeah. I think I don't think the the last shot that the uh I don't think the point was that something may or may not have been following them. I think it was that they were holding hands when it when and if it did. Yeah. Right, right. I think ah. it's that they went on living and mm-hmm. stuff, and I liked that. You know, and I liked it also that it could kept you uh, thinking about it. I just didn't mm-hmm. care for most of the movie, but <laughs> like I said, there was a lot of things it did that I did enjoy. Sure, sure. And the dork and, uh, gets the girl, blat out. And the dork gets the girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Dorks so represent, now, yo. Now, <laughs> I, I am definitely curious at Mr. One, Andrew Shearer, uh, what are the alternate endings that you have come up with? <laughs> All right, well, so so this was, uh, this was my buddy Henrik Kuto, filmmaker Henrik Kuto. Uh, text me, it follows was cool, weak ending. So here I give him three alternates. Uh, the first one is uh, mom shows up at the front door, the naked old man pulls a shitty-looking dummy through the hole. <laughs> uh, um, and, of course, he thinks that's funny, and I say, no, wait, cut back to her in the pool alone, a giant titty pops out of the water and pulls her under. <laughs> and the, the last one here, and thank you for indulging me uh, do this. No, wait, the phone rings, and a voice says, in seven days, you will suck a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I added my voice thing to that, but that's what I told him. And, and then Henrik said, not to be outdone, says, the more I think about it, the more I start to like the ending. <laughs> So there this you go. Good. It's like that. I I I I I like the Gonzo riffic spin on the ending, though. Yes. <laughs> you know, what are you gonna do? Yeah. I I enjoyed the ending to this as well. I'm I'm glad it ended the way it did because it completed the film as not being a Hollywood horror mass-produced film. You know, at any at nowhere in this point in this film, I think where you could have landed in the cliche of your 99% of your other bigger studio horror films, it never goes there. And I like that about this film. I think that was one of the big appeals for me was the fact that here we have a wide-release horror film that any formula that you've gotten from your conjurings and your paranormal activities and your, you know, you know uh, as above, so below type of feel, you don't have that 
here. It it definitely is indie horror, you know, <laughs> and it's not not a uh, what you would expect to be a studio released film. Uh, so the fact that they did get a, a film like this out into the studios, uh, into the big screens, a thousand some screens, is impressive, and it gives me hope for future indie films. And I, th- I, I think we all feel that way at least. That yeah, I mean, it, I bought the ticket. I didn't even know it was about. I was like, I don't even care if this is good. I just don't want it to be like everything else and make me regret going to see another wide release horror movie because I really right. have no. I hate to sound crap. I have little to no interest in them. I've just seen so many, and I, I, I'm with you. you know. I'm with you. Every I every every six months or so, somebody com- comes out and says this is the next big horror film, and usually I'm disappointed. I'm usually disappointed in a different way than I was with It Follows, because usually it's a it's some nihilistic, you mm-hmm. know, you know, ag- agony gasm basically, and this <laughs> was not such that. But although even if even though this movie didn't work for me I, i'm unlo- i'm just di- the only thing i'm different on is that i don't feel that it i mean i don't think it, it it didn't affect me in any way in fact after i was done i wasn't even thinking about it which i think i was supposed to at least be thinking about it afterwards i was just <laughs> done with it um the uh my my thing is that i was i'm exactly in the i'm the only reason i and i hope i did not interrupt you andrew i'm sorry but but I no but I was just but I but I was in the same boat as Andrew. The only difference is that now I'm uh, is that I'm I'm still waiting. Right. Andrew got right. Andrew got it, got what he needed, and I'm so happy for that. And a lot of people got what they needed, and I'm so happy for that. I'm still waiting. Sure. What about you, Cola? The final thoughts with it follows. Did uh, did it give you hope for future indie films, possibly? Uh, you know, them taking a chance on it, probably. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely, man. I mean, whenever whenever any horror movie makes money, it's a victory for anybody. And I, I really believe that. I've never got on a high horse about any horror movie that's made a lot of money that wasn't. Uh, well, let, let, let me take that back. The majority of horror movies that have been trendsetters, trendsetters I, I've never regretted liking. I, I you know, mm-hmm. I supported Scream. Um, I supported uh, all, all of the the little obscure movies in between that and Saw, and supported Saw uh, up until it became what it is now. But you know, I, anything that makes money, as Robert England once said, you know, we're we're about making movies, and in order to make movies, you got to make some money, man. And mm-hmm. I hope this movie makes some money. I really do, because it's it's a good film. Um, on the other hand, I don't think this is the direction that horror should go. Mm-hmm. No. I, I'm very very hesitant about. Well, let, let, let me say this, uh, and I apologize for my uh, stuttering again. It's been a long day, but. I, it's it's all about script, baby. I mean, it really is. I, I I'm into scripts, and and the the notion of writing a good script is in danger of being a lost art form. I mean, the ability to write a script that doesn't have too much purple prose, but is descriptive enough that is that perfect blueprint to uh, get a really phenomenal movie funded is lost. I mean, so much of the time as movies are made, the script evaporates yeah and 
the movies that made this particular film possible, like Nightmare on Elm Street, like The Shining, have stories that are pretty freaking solid mm-hmm. uh, beyond beyond just a simple metaphor or two simple metaphors. I mean, and and this is I'll end it with this. I mean, I made a list. Elm Street deals with alcoholism, child abuse, child abuse, child neglect. Uh, not to mention uh, Tina's shady boyfriend, premarital sex, the nature of dreams, the relationship with sleep and the relationship with God, vigilante justice, loopholes in the legal system, and the notion that a parent's sin can be passed down to their children. And all good horror stories should at least strive for that, like Frankenstein, like <laughs> everything should have, like the crow. I just feel like a really good horror story should should be able to compete with any other good story. It shouldn't just be about uh, uh, STDs. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think that's what this film is about. I didn't know that going into it. I knew it was about sex. But, I you know, and I don't have any hang-ups about sex, God knows. But um, <laughs> uh, I... I I, I hate it when something is hinged on a gimmick. It, it just bugs me. Um, and I don't think horror needs to be. I don't mm. think it needs to be. That being said, I, I people should see this movie. I mean, yes. it, it's stylistically, it's amazing. I'd put it next to even kind of, I would comp- maybe say it's the requiem of a dream of horror movies in a way. It's, it's very unique. And um, I support it. I just, I don't see putting it, on a list with modern classics. Right. Sure. And, and, and I'm, I'm the same way. I I think it needs support. And because of other indie films out there that are done, what I feel, you know, better than this, not saying this is bad. I'm just saying there are even more solid indie horror films out there that never see a widescreen outside of a festival. Uh, You know, and so I'm hoping I I have a little inkling of hope that uh, you know it opens the door and people go to uh, you know Gonzerific films and and take a chance and and you know do something buy something they probably wouldn't normally buy me I I buy all of Andrew's stuff uh, but thanks Mark you all yeah. right, man and, uh, and and it's not just that's not just me kissing up either it's true fact it is the fact that a lot of the people. The filmmakers that I know, I, I like their stuff, <laughs> you know. And so uh, I'm hoping, it, even if it's not the mass populace, which it's not going to be, but even if it starts a new, younger group of individuals who will take chances and go, oh, maybe I'll take a look at Absentia. Maybe I'll take a look at uh, a Pajama Nightmare. You know, maybe I'll take a look at Dead Weight or you know, found or these other ones. There's one that I saw that actually got distribution that I didn't see a huge amount of talk about, and it's unfortunate because it's another film that reminded me like this one, which was done stylistically different, and it's called A Measure of Our Sins, I believe it's I've called. I've never even heard of it. Mark, wow. did you talk about that one on uh, Yep, I, I talked about video? it. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah, when we did our... Uh, uh, the year-end show, I two, remember that. Two, yeah, it was a year ago now, but uh, uh, yeah, it was the year-end show where we were talking about our favorites of the year, and A Measure of the uh, Our Sins was the one that came up for me in indie film because it was different for, uh, uh, you know, for uh, the type of film it was. It, it wasn't exactly horror. I mean, it was kind of, 
uh, it, you know, it was disturbing drama <laughs> almost, uh, but it was just wild what it did. And then it, it, it like really pulls the trigger at the very end, but it didn't feel gratuitous or anything. It, it just was very refreshing. And this film was refreshing in the fact that at least here we have a movie that went to over a thousand screens when it's a type of movie that you wouldn't have expected to be on a hundred screens. Yeah, man. And, and, and the fact that that happened with this film gives me hope, at least some hope for future films that will be even more solid indie films than this one. And hopefully those get to widescreen and more people realize that there is a whole other world out there of indie horror films being produced where your originality is coming from. And I've been preaching that for a long time. I'm sure people are tired of hearing me say it, but it's true. No, you got to keep on doing it, man. you got to keep on preaching. (laughs) The original horror stuff is still coming from the indie scene more so than Hollywood. Not saying it's not always from the, you know, Hollywood does sometimes surprise you, but the majority, you're more likely to get an original, refreshing, different horror film from the indie scene than you will from a mass-produced big studio project. So uh, keep that in mind, folks. Go see It Follows. Even if you may not like it, support it so that you can get even better indie films out to the big screen and get noticed because there is a lot of good stuff out there. I think we're going to wrap it up for the evening, gentlemen. Uh, So uh, real quick, let's start with you, Scott. Uh, Where can they find your stuff? You can find me at moviocrity.com. That's where you're going to see uh, all the podcasts I'm on, anything I write, uh, anytime I actually decide to do an episode of my web series, all that stuff. It's moviocrity.com. And Cole, how about you? Uh, Why don't you give them your Facebook stuff that you do? I am on Horror Roar or Shadows and Lovers Productions. Additionally, the new film, The Last Great Horror Movie, will be released within uh, the next five to six months. I'm just trying Ooh, to decide. Nice. Awesome. I'm trying to decide whether or not to wait for Halloween. It's it's done. It, it's <laughs> just um, – anyways, I do want to plug that because it's been a three-year project, of which awesome. Mark has a pretty killer cameo. <laughs> um, oh, really? Yeah. It's, it's good. I'm not just plugging Mark. It's a good scene. Um, but it's uh, please stay tuned to Shadows and Lovers Productions. The page is a little dead right now, but that's because the movie is alive. Um, and also, if if uh, you're interested in talking movies, Cole Meredith on Facebook. I'm I'm. If you want to talk movies, man, I'm always up for it. So oh, and also thanks for having me, Mark and um, sure. Andrew Scott. Love you guys. Thanks for hey. talking. Hey, and I do want to call out. David Robert Mitchell, man, you made a great movie. I, I, and his cinematographer, uh, Mike, I, I'm not sure how to pronounce the last name. Geolacus. Geolacus. Yeah, Geolacus. Thank you. I'll say, I, I that, say, say I, I'm going to assume it's with a soft G. I live in yeah. a, I, I live in Florida. We have a lot a heavy Greek population down here, and mm-hmm. lots of soft Gs. <laughs> It's a great film, and despite my criticisms, I, I tend to be a, a prick, especially when I'm sick. But see the film. It's- <laughs> <laughs> and last but certainly not least, the lovely Andrew Shearer. Go ahead, sir. Where can they find your stuff? Oh, man, you know, Mark has 
probably oversold my stuff a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I, to me, uh, because we can do, uh, we can make movies now for relatively cheap. I, I'm more interested in just kind of breaking apart, uh, genre and, you know, subverting expectations and also, you know, having a lot of cleavage and, and stuff like that. But there's, I, well, there's, there's, there's a place for cleavage. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it may be, we won't know now. I mean, the legacy of it follows could be that it's the Napoleon dynamite of horror. We just don't know mm-hmm. yet, but I'm just saying like, you know, I, I really don't, don't go to uh, Amazon on demand and look up the following titles expecting to see something like it follows, but you will see something you've never seen before. I guarantee you. Uh, one of them is called fake blood. Another one is called Mondo Gonzo. Another one is called Pajama Nightmare. And the newest one is called The Underground Cinema, Cinema with an S. And, uh, you know, it's it's different stuff you may like. I will enjoy uh, if, if you uh, just give me two dollars, two dollars, a dollar and some envelopes, two fifteen a job. Break. What, what was the third one, Andrew? What was that third one? Pajama Nightmare. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Basically, if you basically if you liked the sounds, uh, the the sound of his alternate endings, you're gonna yeah, dig okay. his stuff. You're gonna dig oh, his shit. stuff. Yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. That's that's close. Yes. <laughs> uh, the the reason I give Andrew's examples is the fact that I was going stating the originality angle of it out of indie horror cinema. Yeah, uh, thanks, which, partner. You're welcome, uh, and you know I I know many folks uh, that have also examples of that. No, they aren't necessarily uh, to everyone's taste, but they are original. They are different. Indie films are why I enjoy them so much. Is because I may not even care for the film so much, but the fact that you have someone attempting to do something original, something different, something out of the box office is why I enjoy indie horror, and I think that's how you have to approach this, because you don't have to like everything, but you yeah. appreciate everything. Yeah, and what I make up for in lack of ability to write great scripts, I, uh, I make up for it in uh, Cannibals That Eat Butts and Gorillas Wearing Bikinis. <laughs> <laughs> how can you pass that up? Nice. Hopefully not. <laughs> since, since, yeah, he, his movies are my speed, yeah. <laughs> So check out the stuff. You can get the links for all these fine people as well as anyone who's been in the spoiler room on specialmarkproductions.com. That's where you can find spoiler room archives. You can find our interviews. Uh, we can find my stuff, uh, my YouTube videos, my stuff I do for realfilm.com. Specialmarkproductions.com is where you can find all of that lovely stuff. Please subscribe and like us and rate us on iTunes. It gets us noticed. Tell your friends. Have your friends tell their friends. Tell them about the spoiler room, the place where the conversation is fresh, though the films are definitely spoiled. 